This episode continues the conversation that Jason and Tripp began about pornography, hope, and the gospel. Today, I get to talk with Jess, a woman whose active hope led her to the liberation of salvation in Jesus. We want to include women in our efforts to understand God's redeeming love, but not exclude men. So guys, please stick around for this conversation. My name is Jadian. This is The House Podcast, and we are helping the next generation discover real life in Jesus Christ. Okay, Jess, one thing that I loved so much when we spoke is how important it is to you that we begin with prayer. So would you like to lead us in prayer? I would love to. I am so excited. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and pray. Um, Lord, we just claim right now that Jesus, you are good. (laughs) And Lord, we just claim that you um, are the redeemer and you are the healer. And Lord, apart from you, uh, it's just impossible (laughs) to to deal with this world, I feel like. Uh, And so, Lord, I do just want to pray over this meeting. Lord, I want to pray over our listeners more than anything. Uh, God, when you are talking about pornography and sexuality, Lord, it does... um, just awaken things within us. And so, Lord, I just pray over uh, just the ears of uh, the listeners, Lord, that you would just guard their hearts, you would guard their bodies, you would guard their minds, Lord, and that um, just as we talk about these sensitive things, Lord, again, that you would just, um, Lord, just give them peace in it. You you just say that if we come to you, Lord, if, if we... Um, you say those who trust in you, God, you just, you give them peace and so Lord, we pray for that over this time. And we just pray that you would speak through me, God, not my will, but yours. <laughs> and in Jesus name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much. I think that's wonderful um, for us to pray together and with our listeners um, who will mm. be hearing this shortly. Um, and I also really admired the way that you consider what it means to be a compassionate um, when you're sharing your testimony. Mm. And so one thing that will be important for our listeners is that they understand some of the words you use in place of other words. So could you walk us through um, kind of the language that you're going to use as you're um, sharing with us today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that that there are a lot of words and not that they hold power, but again, they can awaken um, something just within us. And so there are particular words that I am going to use instead of other words. So instead of the word, which I do not like this word, (laughs) but instead of the word masturbation, I will say scratching an itch or, um, you know, there are some parts of my story that are a little bit difficult. And so instead of saying more of the serious words, I'm going to say, you know, well, he said yes. And I said no, and things still happen if that makes sense. Um, so just, just, those are some of the lingo that I just prefer to use, um, instead of those words. I mean, we'll still talk about pornography. Uh, we'll still talk about those things, but yeah, just to take some of those really strong words, um, just out of the, out of the mix for me just helps guard my heart as well. Absolutely. Thank you. And that's very wise, Miss Jess. Thank you. So (laughs) thanks. And with that, let's just go straight in. Would you mind just kind of introducing us to your experience, um, your background and experiences that awakened sexuality in you? um, How those introduced you to porn and the way that porn functioned for you? 
Yeah. So for me, um, at a young age, uh, I was, there was some sexual abuse, um, at a young age. So there was sexual things, um, exposed to me at such a young age. Um, and so with that, it trained my body at a younger age to want things that I didn't understand. And we're talking very, very young. Um, and I was homeschooled. I'm the youngest out of five kids. And so also with that being the youngest (laughs) out of five kids and being homeschooled, um, I just had neighborhood friends, you know, that's, that's where my community lied. And so they would come home from elementary school school and it is somewhere between you know I I would say eight and ten years old that these girls would come home and say oh well you know Justin really thinks you're cute and this and that I didn't have that and I really just had this desire to be wanted and loved and so when they were saying well you know so and so was uh you know showed me this site and it had these women doing these things and um so for me I took pornography as oh this is my way to learn what men like and how to be wanted and loved uh by them so honestly my my initial um you know, interaction with pornography was not anything other than really research. It was just how do I be the best that these guys are going to long for and want to love and want to be with. Uh, And so that's where I started off. Uh, in this journey at such a young age. And then um, as we know, the enemy can just, even though that's, that was the opening gate and um, I knew that it was wrong. And again, I grew up in a Christian home. I knew that I shouldn't be seeing those things. Uh, I knew that they weren't okay. Um, but I, I wanted the information I wanted to know. And so again, yeah, it started off pretty innocent and it, and the enemy just took it and started just kind of running with it. Absolutely. Um, and one of the things that you got out or you got in there is actually mentioned in some of the statistics that Jason has posted um, yeah. in the show notes from the previous episodes about why younger kids um, start watching porn. And it is this kind of research, like I want to learn um, kind yeah. of posture. And you do learn and it does inform and shape the way we understand sex. And yeah. One of the things that we talked about earlier was about conditioning and training, and it takes my breath away whenever I think about my own relationship to porn and those of the women that I've met over the years and how it truly does affect our understanding not only of sex and its function, but it also skews how we understand our identity. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're doing this as we experience the most significant amount of biological and psychological development. Could you tell us a bit about how porn trained your body and trained your mind? Yeah, I honestly think um, that's one of the biggest things that people don't talk about. Uh, I think that's one of just those consequences that go so um, untalked about. I think people talk about the addiction and I can't put it down and and things like that. But um, actually what you're doing is training your body. You are conditioning to your body to only be able to climax or only be able to be um, turned on, you know, if, if you're viewing something, if you're doing something. So regarding scratching an itch, which we now all know what that means, <laughs> but, you know, reg- regarding scratching an itch, you know, uh, 
um, with that, it, yeah. So you are training your body to only be able to do it one, one way you are mapping your mind, um, you know, to only be able to visual, to watch one thing and then your body is then aroused and then scratching an itch. And so, um, you and I had talked previous just about some of my past. And, uh, so with some of the sexual abuse, you know, um, you know, I started watching pornography from a young age. It turned into this thing that I couldn't live without. It turned into um, a nighttime routine. I couldn't fall asleep without it. I couldn't fall asleep without scratching an itch. I mean, it, it got to the point where it was such a daily life. And now we're just talking at a young age. Fast forward to 14 years old, I end up meeting um, an older man who's showing me attention. It's the first guy who ever showed me attention. Um, and I was very young. And so I ended up, um, you know, in a relationship with, with this guy, a secret relationship, uh, obviously being from a Christian home, it was being an older man, but part of the thing he introduced me to was this, no longer this pornography, this simple pornography, but this very, very aggressive pornography. And so, uh, with that, it really started, uh, to, to now take my mind from, from just sexual things and, and learning how to fake things and thinking this is what men want to this whole, um, if it, if there's not pain involved with it, if this isn't, um, abuse related, uh, I'm not going to enjoy it. And so it really got to a very sick place, um, for me. Uh, and so, you know, as my journey kind of continues, uh, there were some, some other things that just happened, um, with other men. And that's kind of where, uh, you know, my, my pride kind of got up and, and I had said, you know, this is, this is something I'm going to do for women. This is something Mm -hmm. that you don't need a man. Um, you know, you can do this on your own. And, uh, it started to get to the point where, um, within my teens that, uh, you know, we had talked about, you know, stopping working, you know, in the middle of a lunch break, not, mm. not even being able to finish a day without watching something, without scratching an itch, talking about not being able to sleep. Um, I was so in such bondage to this thing, uh, that again, started out so innocent and then the enemy took and then, you know, collaborated with some abuse, then turned it to so demonic, um, and really just took Jesus out of the equation um, of what sex is actually supposed to look like. And that is just so powerful because if you think about um, approaching porn as this mechanism that can teach you, and and now we understand it's already distorted and it's already a perversion mm-hmm. of something really good that God created, right? Um, and so mm-hmm. that's your that's your introduction. That's what you're learning. And the way that you can develop a dependency on it. Um, and the thing you kind of mentioned there at the end, we did talk about, and for me, it was um, erotica or erotic um, fiction. Um, and we spoke yesterday yeah. about how like I would just in the middle of the day, like I would leave my job um, working mm-hmm. at the honors college and like go to my apartment and scratch an itch, like in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. like I just couldn't go through, um, the day without, without having that. And yeah, it is, it's incredible to look at, um, 
to look at how that works. And so if you're thinking about you as a teenager at this point, um, and already you have, have gotten to a place where you need, you're attracted to porn that has a, a note of aggression, um, mm-hmm. and that there's where there's pain involved. Um, mm-hmm. and that's not something that just goes away, um, even right. after you stop watching porn. So yeah. could you maybe talk a bit about, you've mentioned consequences. Could you maybe talk a bit about um, even after, I, we might be jumping ahead, but even after you stop watching porn, how you're still dealing with um, the fruit of that of that habit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, going a little bit in into my story. So now I'm at a point uh, within within my teens that I I am not only uh, dealing with the consequences of of this addiction. Uh, again, not being able to sleep, not being able to work a full day, not uh, really shouldn't even be home alone. You know, I lived with my parents and uh, I was homeschooled, and so my parents would my mom would leave, my dad would go to work. My mom would leave to go to the grocery store and I was on our family computer. I mean, it it was to a point where I really was in such bondage. And then, yeah, fast forward a few years and then talking about, um, just the consequences, uh, of, of what that does again to your body, uh, re literally remapping your brain. Uh, it is what you're doing is <laughs> what you're, you're, um, what you're allowing your eyes to see what you're allowing to go in your heart and then what you're training your, how you're training your body to react. Uh, and so, yeah, jumping ahead, I went through a ministry called renew mm-hmm. and within that ministry, uh, I did find salvation and I did, um, you know, part of, part of the thing that I said, you know, was like, Hey, this is what I do. You know, this is who I am, you know, women's rights and I should be able, I don't need a man and I can do, uh, I can take care of myself, you know, no one, I don't need anybody else to, you know, pleasure me. I got, I've got this, I can scratch an itch. And so just that pride mentality started to come out in the defense, uh, of really what the world was selling. And so part of the consequences that, um, I would say I'm reaping and yes, this is jumping ahead. There are some middle parts that we can go back and talk about, but, you know, jumping ahead, uh, some consequences is that is after salvation, after I gave my, you know, my heart to Christ, there was still consequences. There was still walking through being unable to sleep. Um, there was still consequences in um, watching a regular movie that maybe has a kissing scene um, and just how much I was unable um, to not go scratch an itch or, or want to watch it again. Or, um, you know, our world is so pornographic and it's very, very hard to get away from it. And so uh, once I actually met uh, who is now my husband, who is the sweetest man in the whole wide world, uh, he as well went through Renew. And uh, so we got married and, and, you know, I really felt freed from so much stuff. You know, at that point, you know, scratching itch was very far and in between. I was trying to be very, very wise about what I allowed my eyes to see. Uh, and we can talk about boundaries maybe later on, but uh, so uh, I really tried to be wise with that. But in, in that, you know, in our dating, uh, in our dating season, you know, 
God allowed things to be reawakened in me. And that, that was, that was for a reason, you know, I knew that God was calling him to be my husband. And, and so God was going to use that within our marriage, but Mm -hmm. there were things that I really, really struggled in. I struggled to not scratch an itch because that was awakened. I was struggled, um, struggling not to, to, Honestly, at that point, pornography wasn't a sight for me anymore. It was what I saw within the world. Mm. Uh, it was what I looked at in movies. That's what I looked at YouTube. Like it was no longer me going to these exclusive, uh, you know, website. It was mm-hmm. so ingrained in me to look for the dirtiest thing possible, just naturally. You know, again, you map your oh brain to, to have oh my this goodness. way. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, right? I just when you said that, I just even thinking about like my own shame and like embarrassment because I'll be like having a conversation um, with someone and they might just like make a comment. And it's like, when you feed and like kind of cultivate this addiction and you, you build this dependency, there Mm -hmm. is no controlling it. And when you just, when you talked about how it was no longer at a certain point, it wasn't, I'm going to go to this site or I'm going to do this thing. And it's like isolated and it's, it's kind yeah. of um, contained. And it's like, then it becomes ha- the lens through which you see and experience the world. And yes. it's like, I, you know, hug one of my guy friends or I, you know, yeah. am out shopping. I'm like, everything is is perverted and twisted and skewed. Yes. In, in that, that's and such it, a good way to put it as a oh, lens. That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's, wow. it's, it's this, uh, it, it starts to affect every portion of your life. Uh, it starts to, it, that's a hundred percent it. Yeah. You could be at a store, you could be mm-hmm. anywhere. And it, it's just that thing that triggers that says, Ooh, you know, like it, it, it's just, it's so sick. Honestly, it's just so not it God's. Is. I mean, Man. attraction is God's design, but, th- but that's not. And so with that, yeah. Um, yeah. Talking about the consequences. So, you know, I, I really thought that this was attractive thing for, for men that to know that women were struggling with this, you know, mm-hmm. thing. And so, but God gave me a husband <laughs> or at that time, a, a boyfriend who, you know, when we, we, we did date under, uh, counseling, we dated under authority and I totally, I tried to get everybody to do that. That's the best way you can do it. Our bodies are made to be attracted to one another. That's a good thing to have. You should have that if you're dating somebody. Um, but it's really hard to, I I love that we had authority in our lives. And so when I messed up, when I, when I did those things, now there was times within, you know, before we took premarital and some things that it wasn't appropriate for me to go to him and say, Hey, I scratched it or Hey, I watched this Mm -hmm. movie and I couldn't handle myself or, Hey, you know, there are times within seasons that it's inappropriate to talk to an, a guy about this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I do kind of sure. want to make that clear because you could actually we're gonna be talk boundaries. him into sin. Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk yes. boundaries later. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're going to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, with that, you know, I had an, a, a woman who I went to or within our counselings, I was able to say like, I'm really struggling or, Hey, I scratched an itch. And I remember, and this is a very muscular, strong man, CrossFit doer, like, like works with, um, in a wood shop and makes burnt, like very, very manly man. And he was crushed. 
He was so broken by this. It wasn't something that he particularly struggled with like I did. I mean, he's a guy, don't get me wrong. And he was attractive to me and it was still difficult, but he made the choice that that was for me. And he was able to stand by that. And I wasn't. And so to see even, you know, that was a season that we had to walk through and then fast forward to marriage, you know, um, you know, we got married and there, uh, and I have a beautiful, amazing marriage, but, you know, in the beginning of our marriage, it, when he would work a side job or, or, you know, go out and I would be just watching TV and something would come on, you know, and, um, you know, I would scratch the itch and he would come home and I would have to confess that, you know, I'm so sorry. And I just remember him being like, I mean, it just heartbreaking to him, just devastating um, because it, because it is a sin against my husband. It, it is a sin to, you know, and, and I remember saying, no, I'm, I'm thinking of you. It's it. And he's like, no, you're watching a movie. Like the, that is not, that is not sex. That's not sex between us. That is, mm-hmm. that is not a holy thing. Like you can't make that. Okay. Sin is sin. Um, and so I am grateful that I've had him to walk with me in that, but yes, just, just the consequences of, of training your body and the consequences, um, of what, of what that looks like, even after salvation, there is still, there can still be consequences. Now I do want to say, is, oh, okay. yeah, I do want to say now, for instance, my husband and I both went through renew, which is a ministry re- residential. And I can explain more of that if anybody's interested, but, uh, so re- we both went through renew. My husband's testimony is very different than mine. My husband's testimony mm-hmm. was I gave my heart to Christ and he took everything away. Mm-hmm. And that was it. He never desired to use again. He never desired to do anything again. That was it. And so he just lives his life for Jesus and he still has his struggles and he's not perfect, but that is not my testimony. My mm-hmm. testimony is a reliance on Christ. And the more I rely on Christ, the more freedom I receive from him. And, and that is my testimony. That'll it preach, not sister. Quick fix. Yeah. That'll preach. And, and I mean, and that's true for many of us, um, which can can feel like a challenge um and it can be something that is that seems concerning and like oh what am i doing wrong if it seems like oh well you know this person just you know responded to the altar call and now they never have to struggle anymore and it's like thank god for those testimonies um but yeah. god is also working in the in the ones where it does take um it does take action. And we're going to talk yeah. about that too. You said a lot. You really, you really have all these nutrient dense, um, just statements and they're so good. And I just want to dig in a little bit, um, at a few places. Um, it's come up a couple of times now when you kind of talk about your attitude toward the way you understood your own sexuality and how you were starting to encourage those around you. And we, we talked about you growing up in South Florida and um, how different that is kind of culturally, even then um, here in Chattanooga. And so I just want to talk a little bit, guys, please don't get mad at me. Listeners, please don't be upset where we're going with this. Um, <laughs> because we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about something that might make some of you angry, and that's okay. We can handle it. Um, that's okay. Yeah, but, line it up to God's word. That's between them and the yes, Lord. Line it up yes. to God's word. <laughs> so we're not perfect. We're not. Please don't think so. We're not perfect at all. Um, but before we maybe anger 
all of our sisters um, who are proud feminists. Um, let's just take a moment um, because I would like to say just briefly, I'd like to kind of hit the high points of what we what we're talking about. We're saying about a healthy and faithful understanding of sexuality for mm. for women who believe in the gospel of Jesus. We are yes. not saying. Um, that you should not enjoy sex. And we're not saying that yes. sex is a good thing. On the contrary, we're saying that sex is a gift um, yes. and that it is designed by God um, to promote human flourishing. I sound very complementarian yes. today. Yeah, um, but to I, promote I, I, human it flourishing. Yes. It's true. Um, it is. Call me, um, sex is great. <laughs> call me Jay Piper, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> So that sex is one of those things and it's a beautiful gift. And what we're talking about, when we're talking about the power of pornography. We're talking about a perversion of that gift and how yeah. it is distorted and skewed um, and gives us a wrong understanding, not only of the design for sex and its function, but also of ourselves and of God. So I think that's an important thing to highlight. And now we can proceed. Yeah. Um, well, I do, I do want to add to that. You know, yeah, I do want to add that. Um, sexuality within women uh, is a great thing. And it is is a Mm. very empowerment thing. Like, uh, uh, you know, you might catch me in my backyard in my cowboy boots and a big old hoodie and I'm shooting a bow. You know what Mm. I mean? Or you're going to catch me out on the town with my man and I'm wearing stilettos and (laughs) you you know what I mean? Like all dolled up. Like I love being a woman. I love being a woman and I love feeling feminine and I love my sexuality and I love feeling beautiful beautiful and sexy. I love those things. Um, and so I really feel like, uh, you know, that God uses that even like when we talk about Esther, so that God used her beauty for his mm-hmm. glory. Um, and so in that, preach. yeah, you know, you, you know, embracing that and everybody has their own beauty and everybody has their own different, some women don't want to wear heels ever in their life and to each their own. But I, I, I love, I love my heels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and yes. Yes, yeah, so that's just, that's a wonderful thing. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. It is so okay to be feminine. It is so okay to feel sexy within an appropriate manner. Um, again, you don't want to cause somebody else to stumble, stumble, but within your beauty, uh, God's going to use that. God's going to use that. So, so yeah. So we can backtrack right. there to to our to our thing. What was the question before? Well, How did you phrase it? Well, we're talking about um, kind of femininity. And we're talking about women's empowerment. And yesterday you said, and it kind of made me giggle, but you said you had this kind of posture that was like, I am woman, hear me roar. Um, And um, that's something that I use, especially girl, you take one gender and um, sexuality course in college as a prereq and you think you're, you know, bell hooks or something, but I took this, <laughs> this gender and sexuality course and I learned all these things and they were so incredible. And I was like, it, I am going to own my sexuality and I am empowered and I am a woman and I don't have to be ashamed. And, but the thing is, is that even that was skewed because I had this dependency on um, specifically erotica and I used values and like an understanding that I'm, I shouldn't be subjected to this, like, you know, kind of distorted and weird, like understanding of my body. And I shouldn't, you know, all of these yeah. things. And I took those yeah. and I used um, empowerment and um, almost like an a underst- pride, even yes, like, I used, like yes. unhealthy pride. Yeah. yeah. And I used that to justify this addiction. Um, and yeah. so could you talk to us a little bit about the difference for women who are following Jesus and, and 
and maybe what that means. Yeah. And so for me, um, living in South Florida, it is very different than Chattanooga. And I love Chattanooga, but I also love South Florida. I'm from 954. That's what we used to say. <laughs> so Fort Lauderdale area. Um, anyway, so South Florida. And I spent a lot of time in the Keys as well. And mm-hmm. so part of um, this feminine, this feminine movement that I was a part of and marching for the gays and live your own truth. And, you know, part of that was I used to preach to women about that. You need to love yourself or no one else will like you need to, uh, you need to, you don't need a man, you know, you just need uh, yourself, you know, watch some pornography, take care of your own needs, scratch your own itch. You don't need him. Um, You know, I was very much, I mean, anybody I met, I was like, well, let me tell you how to live a healthy life. (laughs) You know, Mm. it was like, let me make sure you, Yeah. (laughs) Scratch your own itch. You don't need no man, which, and, and it's just so, um, you know, and so I really was in on this feminist movement. And again, like we talked about, there was just this unhealthy pride behind it. This, I don't need anybody. I make my own choices. I can do my own thing. Um, you know, and, and let me tell you that you need to love yourself more than anybody else so that they're able to love you. I mean, I'm telling you when I preach, when I say I preached it, I preached it. I mean, it was uh, my poor girlfriends. I used to tell them all, <laughs> like, well, I don't care what he's doing for you. What you need to do is take care of yourself. And here's some sites that you can watch. And so, um, and I do just want to say on, on that topic, just kind of how the world does skew that, um, that they really look at, at as that as freedom. You know, they look at this worldly thing of I can do what I want with my body. I can love who I want to love. I can, uh, you know, do all these things. They look at that as freedom and they look at Christianity as bondage. Mm -hmm. And so there really is this lie that the enemy tells and that I was believing a hundred percent. Y'all, I lived it. I walked it. I marched for it. Um, You know, uh, I was living in it. And so um, the difference, though, in Christianity is that's actual freedom. There is actual freedom from your sin. There's actual freedom from your addiction. There is actual freedom um, Mm. from, you know, and the enemy says, well, that's rules. You know, the Christianity is going to give you rules. They're going to say, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't have fun. You can't hang out with guys. You can't do. And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it is the safety. It is the, any type of um, thing that, that Jesus, that when you get in his word, that he's going to tell you, especially about women is how much he cherishes them. How that was the first person he told, you know, was the woman at the well. Um, Mm -hmm. He only speaks so highly about women within the Bible. Um, And so, and with, with that, so I do just want to make that clear that that, that is such a lie from the enemy that the gospel is where bondage is, um, Mm -hmm. that it's full of all these rules. No, it's full of all this, all these freedoms. It's full of uh, just this grace and beauty. And one thing I I don't think that we have touched on yet, uh, but I think I I can open up here is just uh, even from this young age, just this true, true desire to be loved and wanted. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so, and I feel like that is such a common thing between women uh, from a young age, from, uh, you know, we just have this desire. We'll do anything. We just want to be loved and wanted. We want to be somebody's favorite. We want to be, um, you know, just desired so badly. Chosen and, so, and pursued. Yes. Yes. And that's a good, healthy thing to have. But when that's not in the lens of Jesus and it's in the lens of the world, it looks very different. And so, um, you know, with that, with feeling uh, just that strong desire to be loved and wanted, that's what led me to pornography. Okay, I'm going to learn these things so then they'll love and want me. And then, and then I was taught, okay, women's rights, femininity. You don't need anybody. Put this pride behind this pain that you're having for this need to be loved and wanted. And and don't look at Christianity because they they're just going to give you a bunch of rules about how you're failing and you're doing wrong and all these things. And you know it, you need salvation, otherwise you go to hell. You know all all these things, you know, and then I end up in Christianity. I end up in this, in this home of these women and this discipleship ministry where they sat there and told me like, no, you're loved. No, you're desired. No, you're chosen. No, you're want to know you have a father up in heaven. There is a man who loves you and desires for you, who has continued to pursue you, who has never left you. Um, you know, and so it was just this change, a shift of mind that's like, no, I do have a husband. I have a heavenly father who who is my husband within the the within the years of my singleness. You know, I, I am not forgotten. Whatever has happened to me, uh, God has never left me. And I, you and I kind of chuckled. I talked about some of, you know, my past and, and the sin that I was in and how I would literally be out partying, doing something or and I would look at the clock and it would say 316. Mm, and that was the, the only, only verse. Yes, the only yes. verse I knew. It's a good one you to know. know if it's only it's one. a good one to know. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I used to get so mad at God, like, leave me alone. I, mm-hmm. I am not like I, I knew that God existed. I did not want to walk with him. I wanted to do my own thing. I, I, I was I just wanted nothing to do with him. And, and he never stopped pursuing me. God mm-hmm. never stopped pursuing me. And so when, when salvation came, um, and, and, and I do just want to say, even in marriage, this desire to be loved and wanted does not leave you. There, mm. there is, there is this. Oh, um, are you, are you actually proposing Jess? That marriage doesn't save us? Is that your suggestion? A a man will not fill your cup. Let Mm. me tell you. (laughs) And maybe that's not his job to save you if Jesus is doing it. I don't know. Correct. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But I do think in, especially within our generation, there is this destination addiction, if I can say that. Um, Thank you. Thank you. So I'm actually stealing that from somebody, but it was so good. I feel like I can't steal it (laughs) because it's exactly the thing. I have friends in their singleness who are like, oh, I'll just scratch my, I don't need a man. I know stuff, but there is this desire, you know, once they, once they get saved and find Christ, they're like, okay, well, once I have a man, mm. you know, oh my gosh, I've reached the, the goal. And then it's once I have a baby, oh my gosh, I've reached the goal. Once I've done it, it, it's this destination addiction and you're still not finding contentment within the season God has given you. 
I am so grateful for my singleness season where I had to walk through my addiction to pornography and allowed the Lord to truly heal me. Again, there were still consequences, but because God continued to walk with me um, and God never left me, even when I was you know, faithless. He was faithful and he promises to be. Um, and I'm so, I'm so grateful for my season in my singleness because that was where the healing happened. So y'all don't, don't rush and don't think that that man is going to cure anything. Jesus Christ is the only one who cures everything. (laughs) That's it. That, That is such an incredible point. Um, when we're thinking about singleness and, um, I know I have so many conversations with other women and some of us are like in this weird place because we don't want to stake our hopes on marriage Mm. and on a man and on a romantic relationship. And at the Mm -hmm. same time, that is a desire. And so we're kind of in this weird place. And a godly desire. Yes. Yes. And it's like, we're in this place where it's like, I don't want to be the one to admit that I want to be in a romantic relationship um, because I am a proud, like I am an independent woman and I do, you know, independent women, destiny's child. Like that is my theme song. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, this is a desire. And so we do have a lot of conversations. And um, I know that in different podcasts that I've listened to and in, in talking with some of my guy friends who have had who have similar struggles, they also are grappling with this kind of tension of, well, this won't be a problem for me when I'm married or um, this, or it's, it's not a problem. um, Because for me, for me personally, at least I had this kind of thought where I'm not having sex with men. This is like something I'm doing like in my like free time, I'm like, I'm not like actually being promiscuous or like any yeah. of those other things. So I'm like, so honestly, it's like not a problem. Like I'm not hurting anybody. Um, right. And oh, that's such a lie. That is oh, such, such a lie. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of us have to break down that I'm not hurting anyone thought mm. that can be a central mm. part of the way an addiction narrative plays out when you're addicted to porn. Um, yeah. And then we have to face the sober reality, right? Um, and again, just to plug the um, document that Jason has up on um, the houseutc.org slash porn stats or something like that. Um, I'm sure he'll link it again, but they talk in there about, you know, how the number of men and women who are in relationships with a partner who has struggled with a dependency on porn and it makes mm. them feel unattractive and it makes them feel um, hurt and it, and it impedes their intimacy. And you kind of touched on that with you and your husband. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd actually like to talk a little bit about um, after Renew, you went immediately to Thailand and you got to work in an yeah. You just share a bit about those girls and their experiences and, and the kind of sobriety that brought to you and the community that you found in Thailand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so God is a cool, awesome God and he is also really funny. So yes, let me just a little backstory. Being from South Florida, I was a scuba diver. I spearfish. That's my jam. I'm oh, a that's fisherman. so cool. Love it. Yeah. You got your, here, you got your bow and arrow. You, you're spearfishing. <laughs> you're like Katniss Everdeen. 
If the Hunger Games <laughs> happen, you. Jess is going to be representing the district. I got y'all. I got y'all. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so like one of the number one places in the world to dive is Thailand. So like I always wanted to go there, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, we I, I I talked about it forever and ever and ever. While I was in Renew, we would do these like yoga videos, and she would be in Thailand with the elephants. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go to Thailand. Uh, at that time, I I attend Calvary Chapel Chattanooga. And at that time we were in Axe and Axe talks about Asia. Well, when I think about Asia, I think Thailand. And then um, even from, and then from there, I get out of Renew and uh, this guy I know is, you know, I was bored one day and so I was making up my own missions trip and I was going to do this whole thing. And anyways, he had said, you know, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm making up my missions trip and, you know, just playing around and uh, doing some research. He's like, well, where would you want to go? And I was like, well, Thailand, if I could, you know, that's like my dream. And he was like, funny enough, my mom is older and she's going there and needs someone to go with. I was like, what? what? She's like, yeah, they're, they're going to go work in a women's orphanage. So it's just crazy, y'all. If God gives you a desire, his timing will be perfect. Uh, but uh, just so just just to give some kudos and glory to God, it was just the coolest thing. So uh, now, yeah, I got out of Renew and I went to Thailand and I spent a month in Thailand and I worked in um, a girl's orphanage. Uh, it's called the Foundations of Joy. I believe that's what it's called. I hope I didn't just say the wrong name, but <laughs> I, I will, I'll tell you, maybe I can give you a link or something to it. Um, so anyways, so I went and worked in this orphanage and this, this particular orphanage is just women and just little girls. And they are either from the sex trade or they are from villages. Um, so these are women we're talking three years old uh, to up in their teens to up in colleges that were literally taken out of their tiki hut in the mountains um, and stole and sold in the sex trade. And so thinking about, you know, my testimony and what I used to watch and what I used to do and how things were wake awakened in me in a young age. Um, things were also awakened in them in a young age. Uh, and then even just understanding that part of the pornography I was watching, these girls, you know, that these girls were a part of that. These girls were a part of, um, that's all they knew. If they wanted to be able to eat that day, uh, again, some of them were taken as young as, you know, two, three years old. Um, and so, you know, it really struck me that I, you know, wanted to say I wasn't hurting anybody and I wasn't doing anything. However, I was meeting these girls who were sold in the sex trade to make videos for pornography. And those were the things that I I was watching Mm -hmm. and I was living life in. Uh, and you know, that's part of a lot, honestly, a lot of where my healing came from. Uh, you know, as I told these girls, my testimony of my addiction in that particular area and some of the abuse that I as well, um, you know, encountered. And then, you know, how that also the enemy used that to skew it even more to have that aggression. I I had to have aggressive type um, pornography. And so, you know, hearing some of their stories, you know, my story is so, so, so far from these little girls, from their lives that they lived in this, uh, but just how ultimately the common ground was salvation. The common ground was freedom and the common ground was that Jesus was our savior and picked us up and rescued us and healed us and forgave us. Um, even when things were not you know, are doing. None of that was my fault, things that happened to me. And I think that's a hard thing for women 
to hear, but it, it's not your fault. Uh, and God does not leave you within those things. I did put myself in some situations. Uh, but however, those things were not meant to happen to me. And these things were not meant to happen to these girls, mm-hmm. but to see the way that God is using the terrible, nasty, horrible things. And he is turning them into these beautiful, amazing redemption stories. Mm-hmm. It's only something that Jesus can do with the ugliness of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just hearing them, you know, a lot of what they do, uh, these, especially the younger girls is they go to school. That's a big, you know, thing, um, in Thailand is that you're not able to go to school. And, and so, um, unless you speak Thai and you have, you pay to have a uniform and you have to have the same haircut as everybody. And it's, it, there's a whole lot of legalism there. And so anyways, he, they go to school and uh, they are all Buddhist schools. And so every day they'd have to go to Buddhist prayer multiple times a day. And so they're taught in classrooms, the Buddhist laws and they're taught and they're taught all these things. And so I remember them coming home from school one day and I was there and, you know, helped them shower and change and get ready for dinner. And, uh, you know, I had said to them, like, is it really hard for you? Cause that you come home and you can love Jesus. But when you're at school, like you're in these Buddhist prayers, you're in this Buddhist, like everything. And they were like, no, not at all. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, how is that not so difficult? And they're like, I know what I have. Like I have Jesus Christ. I know who Jesus Christ is. I know that he loves me. Like I have the golden ticket and none of these people understand that. Like they're like, we get so sad for them because we have this thing that this nation does not have very many. Like they don't, they don't understand that they are saved and they are forgiven and that they are rescued. Like we have found our rescuer. Like it was just so eye opening that we don't understand our freedoms here. You know, we have the freedom to get a flip phone instead of a regular phone. You know, we have a free, we have freedoms here to take our, to take some of our eyes off of things that we're allowing ourselves to watch and be a part of. And, and these girls don't, they didn't, but they still chose the Lord because they knew his worth. If that makes, if that makes sense, if I'm explaining that right. That's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm, I'm so thankful that we're able to I can only imagine for you to recognize like the porn that I was watching was like directly involved in the bondage that these Mm. girls experienced. And so I can only imagine how redemptive it was for you to be able to go there and to build community with them and and to be sisters in Christ um, and just the redemption and the healing. And I would, I would love, um, I know that you're going to have to go soon. I would, I would just love if you could talk a little bit about um, action after healing. We got so excited yesterday talking about when Jesus told the lame man to get up and take his mat and mm. walk. And yeah. I know that this is a process that you've been really faithful in and um, picking up your mat every day, several times a day. Um, and mm. I would just love if you could talk to our listeners a bit about the role that boundaries played in taking up your mat um, and how you, how, as you're walking, you are walking toward and you're walking in liberation and you're walking in grace and love and how that gives you hope. Yeah, absolutely. So even just um, backtracking a little bit, just about, uh, 
just some concept, you know, the consequences. So, you know, I, I got married and there was still, uh, I was no longer watching pornography. I was no longer, but the consequences of how I trained my body. And so, you know, uh, right before I got married, you know, I did have the conversation with my husband that he was never going to be able to scratch my itch. And that I actually, I was even told that by doctors that uh, my addiction to that, my and because of my abuse, that my body actually is mapped differently to be able to have a climax differently. Um, and, you know, that's kind of, that's just what it, it just was going to be what it was going to be. And so walking out some of those consequences, um, you know, walking out some of those consequences uh, with, with him, uh, you know, was hard. It, it, but ultimately, yes, going back to um, the mat, you know, that's something that Jesus, you know, really brought to my attention is that whenever he healed, you know, yeah, he would say, pick up your mat, your mat and walk. He would say, you know, get up and, and be healed, you know, and sin no more. Like he, mm-hmm. there was an action after the healing. And when I realized that, when I realized the weight of that, that God isn't just going to say to me, okay, you're healed now, go do what you want. Like that, that's not how this works. And so uh, it was this constant pursuit of me being in prayer. And when those uh, times came that I was struggling, I would say, Lord, I really don't, I don't want to want to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. would you please take this from me? Would you please walk this out with me? Would you please help me? Um, Would you please redeem, you know, my body so that I am able to be intimate with my husband. And this is something that he will be able to help me. And, you know, like you want to have that, you want to have that with your husband, those special moments, um, you know? And so with that, like, yes, I had to continue to pick up my mat. You know, I had to continue to walk in that. Um, and and I do just want to claim right now because of Jesus Christ, because of all the times I chose him instead of my sin, no matter how hard it was because of all that, uh, I do have redemption and Mm. our, and our sex life is redeemed. And my husband and I are able to do things that we were not able to before. And he is able to scratch my itch. Um, and I, it is very, very far and in between, uh, that, uh, anything is, is, uh, that I'm messing up in that area at all, you know? And so I do just want to claim that that's Jesus. And now actually I'm sitting here, uh, 19 weeks pregnant. Uh, so (laughs) (laughs) practice makes perfect. We did a good job. Uh, but yeah, I do also want to just talk about some boundaries and what that looks like. Um, and so there are things within our home that we don't do. And so some people are going to say like, well, that's crazy. And you can't even go to college without having these things, which some of that is true, but, uh, you know, for us personally, and we've prayed about them, this is not things that I'm trying to be legal, legalistic about and say like, you should not, or, you know, but for us, as we've prayed and asked the Lord, like, Hey, should we have social media? Is that life giving? Is that going to help me? Is it going to tell me truth? Is it going to make me look to the Lord? Like, like God, what does that do? And so for me, I felt like the Lord has asked us not to have that. So we don't have any form of social media. We don't have Facebook. We don't have Instagram. We don't have any of that. Again, our world is very pornographic. Uh, so even, you know, <laughs> whatever you see on there, a, a lot of the times, even just like a pop-up ad or, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And so for us, we, we've, we've put that boundary in place. And then as well, just what we allow our eyes to see within our home, you know, you can't really, um, 
you can't really stop from, you know, seeing the billboards or seeing, you know, things when you're out or hearing people talk a certain way when you're out and about. And, and I do just, again, picking up my mat daily as I hear those things, I say, Lord, can, that, I don't, can you just take that from me? Can you just, you know, erase that from my mind? Can you just help me with that? Can you, you know, you know, giving the Lord all of my thoughts. Um, and then, yeah, so what we allow in our homes, you know, there's movies that are rated PG-13, you know, nothing bad, nothing crazy. Uh, but there are scenes, certain scenes in them of maybe, you know, women in bikinis and all, you know, and even my husband, even though that's not something that he ever struggled with, um, you know, that is something that we both have just decided within our homes that, that we either skip through, we pass by and it's not because I can't watch those things. It's not because, uh, you know, again, yeah, I can't. It's just that I don't want the enemy to just have any hold at all. It's mm. not something that might happen that day, that week, or even that month. Uh, but it's something that later on sometimes will just be triggered in my mind uh, from what I see, um, you know, for what I allow my eyes to see, especially within the four walls of our home. There's more walls than four in our home. So it sounds weird saying, but you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so just within our home, what we allow our eyes to see. So those are just some um, serious, I mean, we have TV, we have stuff, you know, we'll, we'll skip a, a channel if something comes on, you know? So we just try to be as wise as possible to give the enemy the least bit of like a foothold as possible. Mm-hmm. And so those are just the, some of the decisions um, that, that we've made. That's wonderful. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. I think um, what it means to create boundaries and to strengthen those mm. boundaries over time, that can be intimidating. A lot of us don't like to be told like we can't do anything. And um, back to what you mentioned earlier about seeing Christianity as bondage or something that's restrictive, yeah. but it's like, I mean, Paul has so many interesting thoughts on like true freedom and how to use that freedom. And so um, if you and your husband are working together to say like, we don't want to give the enemy any material um, to work with and to, to keep, to keep binding us if, if possible. And, and that's incredibly wise. So, so thank you for that. Um, And I just wanted to give you the opportunity um, if you had any final thoughts um, or anything we've talked, we talked about the importance of community and honesty um, Mm. and having a mentor who's wise and who understands if you wanted to talk about that or anything else you think our listeners should know. Yeah. Yeah. So I do definitely want to touch on that, what that looks like to have a mentor. Uh, Again, even within my, my, in my single, so I went through renew, I was single and renew and uh, that was absolutely you know, that's a discipleship ministry. So I did uh, meet an older woman within that ministry. And I don't mean older as an age. Uh, she is older than me in age, but uh, just She's someone who's doing, yes, yeah. who's more, more mature in their just even spiritual walk, like not even regarding age. I just truly, truly, truly encourage people, uh, especially women to seek out uh, a little bit of someone who's in a season ahead of you. If you're in your singleness, hey, maybe seek someone out who's maybe been in their singleness longer or just more spiritually mature than you or somebody who's even in their married season. Uh, I'm so grateful just for instance, in my season now, I have girlfriends of mine who have 
kids who are two and three years old. You know, I, I'm just pregnant now. And so seeing having somebody in a few seasons ahead of me or a few years ahead of me, uh, even though they're the same age as me, uh, has been so, so helpful. Uh, and God does talk about that. God talks about discipleship. God talks about that in, in Timothy and in Second Timothy. Um and so I, I do just hope that for all of our listeners, that they would reach out um, and that they would, uh, you know, one of the good resources. So I love my church. Jesus is not just here at Calvary Chapel, but I happen to really, really love Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. They just super embrace brokenness. They're super uh, just ready to take on um just anything you're dealing with. And so they do have a ministry called biblical guidance and they actually do work with a lot of men or women uh, who deal with pornography addiction or deal from the, with the consequences from having a pornography addiction. Uh, And so I do just encourage y'all to reach out um, if not here somewhere yet to definitely uh, just live that open life that when you are messing up, that you are able to confess to somebody, ultimately your heavenly father and ask for forgiveness and, and, and make some changes, you know, make, make a change of scenery, make a change of friendship, make a change of a show. Hey, I got to no longer watch that show anymore. You know, those things that can get annoying, but ultimately honor God. And I also just want to say, um, just talking about how God blesses obedience, Uh, I really think that that's something, especially when we've touched on consequences, uh, talking about blessings, you know, the consequence of my sin is that I struggle not to scratch and just struggle not to do these things. When we talked about, when we talked about mm -hmm. consequences, we understood, because I know that word can be really loaded. And one of the things that we talked about was how, like, when we're thinking about consequences, we're thinking about if the addiction is this plant that we spent an, an amount of time cultivating and nourishing, then it's going to bear fruit um, yeah. even after we stop um, feeding it and watering it and all of those things. And so it's like the consequences yeah. are kind of these fruits that continue to sprout in our lives and we have to address them. Yeah, I love I love that visual. I think that's super wise. It's exactly it. You could try to be choking out this tree, uh, but because you know, but it's still producing some things from it. You're still having just, just some of the consequences of the fruit um, of some of those decisions that that you've made. And so again, going back to picking up your mat and walking in that obedience of the Lord, God promises to bless obedience. Um, and he has, he, he I, I am a walking testimony that, that God has just given me more than I ever thought or desired, um, you know, and, and it's, only I'll tell you what, what's really funny. And when I'm struggling the most, I'll be like, what is wrong? Like, I don't understand Lord. And then it, God just gives me that little notice. Like when's the last time you met with me? When's mm-hmm. the last time you were in your world? Like nothing in your life has changed. Everything's kind of day in and day out, but all of a sudden you're more frustrated. All of a sudden you are uh, just more have this different mm-hmm. lens. You're looking through the world. Like what has happened? And, and what has happened is I have not met with my savior. God has not filled my cup. I have not been in his word. I have not been washed. Uh, and so I would say, you know, it, with that, when I choose to walk in obedience, when I choose to get in my word daily, or when I choose instead of listening to, you know, you know, I don't want to say T-Pain, but I don't even know if he's still <laughs> listening, but I don't know why that's the 
may not let's say T-Pain. Let's say T-Pain. Okay, whatever. Instead of listening <laughs> to T-Pain, listening, you know, to j- just to a Christian artist, you know, right now, Mosaic, mm, I'm just loving their I Am Good song and just mm. talking about how Jesus just says you are good and you are chosen and you are loved. And then we just return that back to him. Like, thank you so much for loving us. Like, we just adore you, Jesus, because uh, you love us even with all of our brokenness and stuff. And so, yeah, I do just want to encourage you guys. God blesses obedience. When I was obedient in my singleness, when I tried to enjoy the season that God had for me, when I was making decisions to not watch certain things, to not have social media, to be the weird person uh, who didn't know what what is the T meant or who a Karen is. I had no idea y'all <laughs> No, someone had to teach me those things. Okay. That's so you okay. do get left out. There is some distance there, but honestly it made me closer to the Lord. And I, and I just don't regret that and in my singleness. He blessed me. He did bless me with a, with an amazing marriage, the hardships within my marriage that I was still walking out consequences. And, and honestly, we had doctors that said, Hey, I don't know if you will be able to have a child. Hey, we don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was some fear there walking in obedience to that, asking the Lord to, um, you know, God asking us to have faith in that. And then now having this beautiful marriage, having a baby within my belly that I can feel move. I mean, God truly just walk, just blesses obedience through every struggle. He will not leave you if you just lean on him. Mm. So that is my, my big encouragement for today. Please just be obedient to what God's calling you to do and make sure it's Jesus have counsel. Oh, all right. All right now. Okay. <laughs> Test it through the scriptures and, and get in that wise counsel. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, um, Jess, for your time, for coming to share your heart and just the wonderful work that God has done in and through your life. Um, I'm so glad that you are walking confidently in that and that you feel called um, to share about his goodness. Um, And so just a word to any listeners um, who are struggling right now with a dependency on pornography, please reach out to us. There's going to be a link um, in in the description. Please click that link. Please get in touch with us um, if you need help, if you need um, to get connected with someone, if you'd like to meet with me, if you'd like to meet. Um, Jason is also here and he's, he's got some information um, that he'll give mm-hmm. to you um, if you need to, to reach out and, and let us help you um, find liberation. So um, thank you all for listening. Just Just keep on. Keep on picking up your mat. Keep walking. um, And Mm -hmm. we're going to do it together. All right. Amen. Amen.